one time, okay, so two <laughs> cars ago, two cars ago, I literally got up from the financing table and was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And the guy was like, well, we haven't even signed the paperwork yet. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What have we been doing? I'm Josh Sigmund. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for helping people with their money and all things business. Bryn is my co-host. And I'm a marketing girl. I am literally obsessed with it. Oh, and Josh has showed me how to save money. Quite a bit, actually. Because of her obsession, I hired her to do my marketing. And we've worked together for 10 years. We launched Sigmund Sense in 2020, a podcast about money. It's a podcast that teaches people how to save more, give more, create wealth, and retire early. And we recorded and published 34 episodes. People liked it, and it was so fun. But most importantly, we helped people. So we're excited to announce we're doing a second season. And we're mixing things up. We're moving away from money talks to focus on all things business, leadership, management, team building, book reviews, hiring, firing, operations, motivating teams, lead generation, time management, personality profiling, closing skills, and of course money, and marketing. We are inviting you to continue this journey with us, and we want your input. What topics would you like to see covered? Email all of your ideas to our podcast email address, sigmundsense at gmail.com. And be sure to click that subscribe button when you visit our channels. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. Are you ready? Season two, getting down to business. Welcome to Sigmund Sense. All right, welcome back to Sigmund Sense. I'm excited to carry on this conversation because we've been, if you've been listening in the last few episodes, we're carrying on the conversation about what's uh, typically the best, best salespeople in all industries do. You know, the conversation kind of starts with monster prospecting and it goes into all sorts of things like listening skills and marketing clients' actual needs. And really now you're getting the point of, of uh, point of sale now, which is closing skills. But before you do closing skills, you really have to identify the buyer's shift. And this is something that's super interesting to me. Yeah. It's fun to talk about because once you understand it, it's super easy to identify in my opinion. And, uh, and it's a very big weakness for most people. Um, and uh, it's just, it really is, is a fun conversation. So yeah. are you excited about this one today? Yeah, I do. I like the buyer shift a lot um, because of what you just said. It ties in everything that we've already talked about. And I feel like in order to be a great listener, you have to get lots of practice, which lots of practice comes from making lots of calls and putting a lot of appointments on the books. Yep. So that kind of covers your monster prospecting. Um, and then it's reps, it's getting reps in. Yeah. Learning to be an active listener, uh -huh. which you have to be listening if you are going to identify the buyer yep. shift. And what I like most about the buyer shift is that it simplifies things really well. And, um, the sales pitch can be over pretty damn quickly mm -hmm. if you are paying close enough attention. Yeah. So, uh, let's define it because I wasn't even aware of this term until probably eight, 10 years ago. Um, and so once I describe it, you'll, it's super easy to understand. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking for it, it's super easy to identify when you're looking for it. Um, and I learned it from a Vistage coach years ago. So basically what you're looking at for a buyer's shift is it's literally the point where a buyer makes a buying decision. It's that moment in time that's fleeting for the record that the buyer says, yep, you're the right guy or gal for the job. Yeah. And uh, at the time, and there might've been studies since then, but at the time I was told that the buyer shift lasts for only about 30 seconds. Oh, meaning I was that, thinking like two seconds, three seconds. No, it, like it happens in a moment, but they stay in that frame of mind for only about 30 seconds. And okay. so 
the reason why I'm pointing out how short, like this is not a minute, this is not a five minute, this is yeah. this is like 30 seconds, you got, this is the, the window. And why this is important to understand is that what most people do, especially uh, people that aren't listening, or that aren't paying attention, obviously- People that are nervous. They're nervous or, or over the phone, right? Because a lot of the yeah, cues yeah. Are, 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 are face-to-face, like nonverbal cues, not mm-hmm. verbal cues. But what happens is, is that a lot of times people talk through that buyer's pitch. And so- Right on they posted. Yeah. And then you, you have to kind of reclose and resell and- maybe get back to that point or maybe they have to think about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, or here's the other thing I want to point out. Um, it's frustrating for someone that is ready to buy and the salesperson won't shut up freaking close. (laughs) That's like your mate. Now you're just getting on my freaking nerves. Like stop talking. Let's just get this over with. Like I made the decision a long time ago. Um, I'll give you a great example that I think about is like, I, my decision-making process in buying a car are very fast. The amount of time it takes to go through the freaking finance guy oh is my. maddening. Like one time, okay, so two <laughs> cars ago, two cars ago, I literally got up from the financing table and was like, okay, I'm ready to go. And the guy was like, well, we haven't even signed the paperwork yet. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What have we been doing? Like I was just done. I was tired. We've been there forever. There was a natural stopping point. I thought we were done. And we hadn't started. Fantastic. <laughs> it was agonizing. I'm like, yeah. can you email it to me? Like, That's funny. This is insane. So let me kind of explain the thought process and why the correlation that you point out between listening skills and uh, recognizing buyership is so important. And really what it comes down to is, uh, it's easier to tell through stories, I guess. I'll just tell you my story, right? So the best one that I always tell always is when I was going to buy some diamonds for my wife. And... Uh, I, I, my mind got older and I thought it was the original, like her engagement ring. It was actually diamond earrings. So one time I was buying diamond earrings. And so she had been asking for years and, and I've been saying no for years. And then I finally put out this, you know, if I hit this thing for Christmas, I'm gonna go ahead and get some diamond earrings for my wife. Very nice. And, uh, and I was driving home and I remember thinking, oh my God, it's like almost Christmas time. And so I stopped at a place called, uh, well, a jewelry store, a yeah, local, yeah, I won't say it out loud. <laughs> So a local jewelry <laughs> store that I have to drive by literally every single day, yeah. both directions, right? And so I, I pull in and you know I, I knew enough from buying an engagement ring and seeing all the infomercials about what kind of cost, carrot, you know, uh, color, mm-hmm. cut, and... Uh, clarity. Clarity, cost, color, cut, and... Cut, color, clarity, carrot. Carrot, yeah. carrot. yeah. So I knew the five C's and so I kind of knew what I wanted to spend on these things. And so I'd go, I went in there and I didn't know at the time I was actually talking to the owner. Um, but I, I walk in and the owner is the one that actually greets me and I say, and I'm a D personality. So all that means Bullet is points. like full points, buddy. And that's all I need. <laughs> right. But I'm also a student. And so usually like many of our clients, whether they ask for or not, I'm looking for a prof- some professional advice here. Right. Mm-hmm. So I remember walking in and I said, okay, bud, this is what I'm looking for. I think I want A, B, C, D, and E. And he said, perfect, I can definitely help you out with that. So he brings out three different boxes of diamond earrings. And, you know, it's obviously a low price, uh, my price, and then a mm-hmm. high price. And, you know, different sized diamonds and carrots and colors and all that stuff. And, by the way, they all look the same. Like Not true. They all look the same. How dare you? Some look bigger <laughs> than others, but they all look there the same. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> but they all look the same. So anyways, um, I'm sitting there and... You know, he's walking through the benefits of each one. And um, and are you engaged at this point? I think I was because I was really trying to understand. Uh, what you were buying? Yeah, like what, 
there's this much price difference between these okay. two. Is this why is like what's you know the... going from this color to this color? Is it really that big of a difference uh, versus inclusions? Right, like mm -hmm. this inclusion you literally can't see, and but it's an inclusion. So what's the difference between this SI or or VVS or whatever else? Mm -hmm. Right, uh, and my point is is that finally I got through the okay, I understand it all, and and I was like honestly. I didn't know I've never worn diamond earrings before. And so I finally, finally wow. came to the conclusion of, Hey, out of curiosity, which one would you go with? And that was the question that many people were asking whether or not they say it out loud. Like right. what, it, hey, you're the boss. What should Just I do tell here? Me what to do, and please. so, but I literally said, well, you know, what do you think is the best one? And so he picked up the most expensive one, uh, and said, you know, if you're really trying to tell your wife that you love her, then this is the <laughs> one you want to get. And, and then, and I literally am reaching for my back pocket. But it's still in your budget though? Yeah. Okay. That's good. Well, did you tell them your budget? All guys' budgets are less than what they are willing to spend when they tell somebody what their budget is. Oh, okay. This is what I want to spend. That way when you go up, it's going to be okay. Right? Oh, okay. All right. So, all right. But yeah, it was within, it was within reason is the answer. Uh, although no diamonds are investments, guys, they never come <laughs> back. They always stay with the woman, <laughs> right? It's not an investment. So my wife is probably just kicking oh, the, the TV gosh. right they now. They really aren't, but they damn sure are beautiful. But they are pretty. And they, they are sure pretty. do make things better and when that night you're that real they, pain in the ass. Well, and when, when, <laughs> when, the, when your wife gets those diamonds, that night, it's a great night. Yeah. It's a fantastic <laughs> investment. Better be ready. Right. Better make it count. <laughs> make it count. <laughs> so um, that's unnecessary. I shouldn't have said that, but it's what? funny. So <laughs> anyway, so I, I, I say, which one do you think? And he said, well, if you really want to tell your lover, this is what you should get. And so I'm literally reaching for my back pocket, which is where my wallet is. Which is called a fire shift. Fire shift. It's it's literally. Maybe like, you thought you were scratching your back. Maybe or my butt because I was literally butt. in my pocket, <laughs> and I'm drawing like a gun, right? I'm drawing my wallet like this. Okay, this is a cue. Like shut up, dude. Yeah. And he keeps talking, and no, he says, "But no, the no, truth no. of the matter is, is you couldn't go wrong with any of these." And I, don't, like, I, don't I let go of my wallet, that. and I sat there. I said, "Well, shit, if if I couldn't go wrong, then why then would I pay why the most?" Would I right, <laughs> right. And so I'm. So, I'm confused a little bit, and it's not that I was being cheap. It's like no, if that's the truth, now I'm then confused. I'm confused. And so I said the most dreaded words of all salespeople, which is, "I need to think about it." I need to think about it, right? So I left. So I'm driving home, and uh, I'm halfway home, and I'm thinking about. It. I was like, "Man, I should have just got him." Right, like right, and there's I, nothing I, worse than like having to put something back on your to-do list. Right, well, <laughs> and like having to go back and spend more yes. time and have to find the same diamonds and remember everything. And, and especially like I don't know about you, but like when I'm going to make a purchase like that, that's like of any significant it's amount a of money. Up front. Well, I need to be in the right. I need to be in the right mood to to move forward with that. Like. I got to be ready to spend money. And, you're moody, though. And sometimes I'm not so. like, what'd you say? <laughs> said you're moody, though. I'm incredibly moody. So, like, salespeople recognize my buyer shift because right. I'm real moody and it's going to go away real and fast. And for me and my personality, it's not the, the emotional moody thing, but for me, it's time, right? Like, I just spent yeah. this much time there and I'm driving home a little frustrated because, mm -hmm. like, now I've got to go back or I'm going to stop somewhere else. And mm -hmm. this is that Start awkward over. moment, too, of like, well, should I check somewhere else? See if there's somebody else with a different opinion. But anyways, I'm halfway home. And I remember out of the blue, I don't know why I didn't think about it before, but uh, one of Christie's good friends, Nicole, used to work at a diamond dealer out of California. I was like, oh my God, Nicole. Like, And so I Hello. picked up the phone and called Nicole. And I was like, hey, sweetheart, I'm buying Christie some diamond earrings. Here's what I have in mind. And, she, and literally all she said was, oh my God, I know exactly, exactly. what you're looking for. I'm going to send you a picture real oh. fast. And uh, before I got home, actually, there's a picture of my cell phone. I look at it and I said, how much is this? And she told me, and it was totally in my budget. 
I was like, that sounds good. And she's like, cool, I just need your credit card Send information. Send me a picture of your credit card. That was it. <laughs> and, done. And before I got home, and so, you know, I look back on that moment as a professional coach, right? And I think like, man, I should go back and tell that guy, like, you just screwed up a really bad, like, right. like a really expensive purchase. He lost because he didn't recognize the buyership. Right. And so um, it's so interesting to me. And I, when I look back on, you know, my early career, I know for sure that I did the same thing. 100%. You know, and, and it drives me nuts because sometimes 100%. I start to trap myself and I keep on like, oh, I forgot to tell, say this part of my script. I, I still need to cover this detail. And sometimes, like you said, people are just done. Like, hey, I, I you don't know that they've got to go pick up their kid in 30 minutes. Right. Like, if you can't wrap this shit up in five minutes, let's get the hell out of here. Like, I got to go. So, but also it comes down to, you know, recognizing personality styles. Yep, that's true. Like when someone comes in and says, uh, this is my budget. This is the size. This is the product I want. Boom, 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 boom. Then you've got it. Follow suit yep. with bullet points. This one's in your budget. This is the size. This is the this. And then move on down with yep. bullet pointed things about each option. Yep. But follow suit with that. Yep. You know? Yes, yeah, um, mirroring. Basic mirroring. That's exactly right. Basic mirroring. Yep. Um, match and mirror lead and pace, right? Yep. Like if they're quick speaking, you need to like be quick speaking because there's nothing worse yep. than someone who talks really fast. And somebody else talking really slow. Really slow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like the sloth and the rabbit in Zootopia. That movie. I haven't seen that movie. Yes, you have. Zootopia? It's so cute. Okay. <laughs> okay. The receptionist is a sloth. <laughs> so... Uh, let me give you an example though of, and this is a simple, uh, question and answer basis. Like I, I think about a lot now, the question typically that I get asked by people all the time is, well, when, like how soon in the process of the buyer shift happened and how early can it happen? And what's really interesting is it can actually happen before somebody even gets to you. Yes. Especially if you have a sales process, right? Like, uh, in my industry is a great example. Yeah. This um, is a good example. You typically are required to talk to a loan officer to get pre-qualified for a mortgage before you shop for a house. So you have a pre-qualification letter so you can make an offer with the pre-qualification letter so that the, it can prove the seller that you are qualified to buy this house, right. right? Well, that amount of time might be days, weeks, months, or years that my team might be working with a client before they find the home, right? right. So if we've done a great job upfront in, uh, and doing our job, keeping our promises, explaining everything, selling our our team, our company, and our and, and me, and uh, and they feel comfortable and safe in that environment, then sometimes, literally, the sale's already over. Now is. all they're coming back is to sign paperwork because right. they're excited about buying their house. Right. Right. So in that kind of example, the buyer shift literally might happen, uh, and this is what it might sound like. Hey Josh, I've already uh, I just got a house under contract for the weekend. We're supposed to close in 21 days. Now can I come in and get some paperwork signed so I can get the the mortgage off the ground? Can I get it started? Yes. Like the answer is yes, and I'm not going to speak a lot because Don't very clearly it. the 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 client the buyer shift already happened, right? Yeah, and one thing, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, but one thing that the reason that it's so risky to miss the buyer shift yep. is that you can start talking your way out of the sale by talking yourself into objections. Like you'll say something by accident that so true. that catches them 
That they hadn't thought of. That they hadn't even thought of. So now they and now you're spoon feeding them objections yep. for you to overcome. And so, yeah, I mean, you'd have to really be aware and understand like, hey, like, let's not let's not make this more complicated than it has to be. Mm-hmm. But I think, again, that comes from like what we've talked about, like preparation. Like you got to be prepared to know like what you're going to say and when to also not need to say anything yep. at all. Yep. Um and I, I do. I think it comes with a lot of ex, a lot of practice. Yep. And so the the flip side is, so what happens if you've been talking for thirty minutes and you're trying to wrap up the sale and you have not recognized the buyer shift because it hasn't happened yet? Should you close? Um, no. I think that's at that point. I would probably like lay it on the table. Mm-hmm. Like I would say something like, um, "Okay, so what have I not covered? So let's like, what else have I not answered or what's, what's holding you back? Mm-hmm. Or maybe try the assumptive close of like, okay, so the next step is signing paperwork. Are you ready for that? And give them a chance to say no. So I yep. can say why. Yep. I uh, totally agree with it. So I was baiting to see what your answer was, but, but I absolutely think that when your gut says that I'm not sure if the buyer shift has already happened or, or if they're even there yet, then giving that little bit of space to make sure that do you have any other questions before we get the paperwork signed? Mm-hmm. You know, that's an assumptive close, right? Like the assumption And you is, should see it at that point, whether they're hesitant or not. Absolutely. And you go with your gut. If the, if the, if they get super fidgety, don't have eye contact. If it goes quiet on the phone because they're trying to whisper to their husband mm-hmm. and they think that you can't tell that they're whispering to their husband, like say, Hey, it sounds like you have more questions. What, what, uh, what concerns do you have right now? Right? Yeah. So what about, what about in a situation where it's not a, uh, there's nothing to sign. So you're talking about a relationship sale, mm-hmm. yep, yep, like, yep. Hey, will you, you know, I think relationship sales are pretty loose in, in their nature anyway, because mm-hmm. there's nothing to buy. There's nothing to sell. You're basically selling and closing around the idea of, of future, yeah. of future business. Um, so how do you feel like you sniff out BS? Well, again, we're, that, I love that because we're going to spend a lot of time in the closing skill part of it, which I think that there's some closing skills that come into play there. Um, but I think what we're trying to focus on when it comes to the buyer's shift is if your gut says, oh, I think that they're ready, like shut up and sign here. Or in that case, like a relationship, uh, a relationship sale say uh, something along the lines of, what do you think this looks like with us moving forward? Like, how often do you want me to follow up with you? How many leads do you think you might be able to send per month? What do you expect from me? You know, I actually really like that because what I'm, what I'm picturing in my head yep. is, you know, when you're having a conversation with someone over coffee, it's been 30 minutes, 45 mm-hmm. minutes, and you can, you kind of feel like, man, I haven't, we haven't connected on anything. Yep. Also the buyer shift in that moment, like when you're really trying to get to know somebody, you're looking for signs like leaning in, like leaning in. Um, Once again, nonverbal cues. Responding back to you. Nodding. Nodding, um, having input in the conversation. Yep. Um, but we also find ourselves in situations where it's like, man, I've been talking like this entire time. And I'm getting um, no feedback. And I'm getting no feedback. So know <laughs> that like you haven't, like you're not there yet. So I love what you said mm-hmm. basically is, Stop talking. Ask a question. Ask an open-ended question. It's open not a. It's <laughs> not a yes or no answer. It's an open-ended question. It's the worst. So do you think <laughs> that we can work together? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so now, so now we're gonna go into interrogation land. So right. I'm gonna fire questions, and you're gonna answer yes or no. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna tell a funny story <laughs> about one of our dear friends that that we actually still work with today. Uh, I'm not gonna use the name. 
Let me see but, if I can. No, you'll you'll <laughs> grab on in like two seconds. So, uh, Brent and I have been relationship sales together for a decade, right? And so, uh, quite often we'll see. I mean, we've had a thousand conversations <laughs> with different people. So many. Yeah, we we walk into this one appointment together, and it was a not a warm lead. It was literally we were asked to go and like. Hey, we, we need to possibly start working together. It was a, we were invited out of the blue, which is fantastic. We knew of each other. Yeah. We've been around each other, but we were invited. Which also is super rare in our business. Which is very, very rare. In any, in any, in any yeah. unless you're, you're, you're Come sell me. right. And so I remember that we went in there and we had our conversation. We had our presentation. There was no feedback whatsoever uh, that I could pick up on. And usually, when, oh gosh, I think I know. Right, and usually, <laughs> when we connect, usually what happens is if I'm not connecting with the person, that's why we are good together. Yeah. When I'm not connecting, usually Bryn is. So yeah. I tend to Tag shut out, up and yeah. let Bryn do it. And sometimes when Bryn's not connecting, because yeah, uh, more of the emotional scope and I'm more of the logical and number scope, then she'll back out and I'll do the talking. So I remember I was like kind of back in the conversation, like I'm not getting through. <laughs> and, and then I recognized that Bryn wasn't get there either. I was like, well, this, like, like crash and burn, yeah, Mav. Justine? This, yeah. <laughs> crash and burn, Mav. This is not going well for us. And and it's, if if it's the meeting I'm thinking of, it was fast. Like, we both it was went, quick. Nose, yeah. I mean, we, within four or five minutes, we both were like, what is happening here? So um, we we did answer all questions. We did open ask open in questions. We did wrap up the meeting probably within 15, 20 minutes. Yes. And then we walked out and I remember standing out in the parking lot, scratching my head like, what the hell just happened? What the <laughs> and, hell and you, just you happened? And you did as well. And then they came running out saying, hey, we're super excited to work with you. Can you come talk to our team? Like come back and talk yeah, to your team. I was like, yes. I have no idea what the hell we did. I have no idea what, the, what we said. But Or maybe perhaps, we played it just right. Maybe it was just right. <laughs> but my point is, is what I love is that the buyer shift must have happened before we even got there. Yeah, yeah. And then because that she invited us and and regardless, we didn't keep talking our way out of that. Yeah. So yeah, maybe so. We didn't do too much to screw it up. Right? We didn't do too much to screw it up. Yeah. But luckily, we, are luckily, years later, <laughs> years later, we're still working together. Luckily, we, we, both ran out of, we both ran out of questions. I had nothing else to say. It was, <laughs> so uh, we had to leave. I'm still, I need to go back and ask, like, can you walk Please me through what happened? Do. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do Please that. Do. We're close enough. I can do that now. It's awesome. So I also think, I want to point this out. Um, this can all, this is, this can also get a little tricky because um, sometimes when we are invited to the sale or when the buyer shift happens ahead of time, we take it for granted and we are way too assumptive Oh yeah, and we feel like we don't have to. Steps. Yeah. So you start skipping stuff yep. or you start assuming that, oh, this is in the bag. This is just more of a formality. Yep. And then you really screw it up long-term. Yep. So it is, um, it is a game for sure. I mm -hmm. mean, you have to really kind of, and a, a lot of times, um, if I don't know exactly where we're at, um, I'll ask, you know, I don't, mm. I don't want to overkill you with, with details and stuff, but I also don't want to miss anything. Very so true. how much do you want to know? Yep. Like there's some people that want to know the high level, most important right, things. And just, some people need to know every detail. Like, right. We're not, this isn't a disc class, but like using just that basic personality, D I S C like the, the easiest explanation I've already, I've been given is look, if you have a brand new, no, this is aging me, a new copier in your office, what's a copier? Uh, you have a copier in your office. The D, the, the D shows up to figure out where the green button is and where the power yes. button is, right? Yes. The I shows up for the party. Yeah, because everybody's going to be there. Right? <laughs> Learning how to the use the copier. The S shows up because they were told to and they follow the rules. 
and the C shows up, and the first question they ask is, "Where's the Where's the uh, instruction book?" Because they want to know every what are your detail. credentials right. to be training me on this copier. Right, and so <laughs> right. So when you think about that with the buyer shift, yeah. like you said, if you're confused, it's okay just to say, "Hey, do you want more? Or do you want less?" Like. Yeah, uh, the Berenstain, not the is it the Berenstain Bears? The I love uh, the too hot, too cold, bears. just right. Like no, sometimes that's not it's the bear. That's Goldilocks. Goldilocks and the uh, and the, the Berenstain three bears. bears are legit too. Okay, I'm, I'm, again, I'm I'm a couple years removed now. I've got middle schoolers now and almost high schoolers. I know. So I think it's just really important to listen more, ask more open-ended questions. When you ask more open-ended questions, then you get a better cue into when people are ready or not ready to go yeah. to the next step. Remember that. Too much, too long is as much of a disservice as not enough in closing too assumptively Yeah. Uh, on both sides. But uh, an easy way to practice this, and I, I every time I have people that shadow me, it's so easy. All I ask is after the, an appointment of whatever kind it is, when did you know that I had them? Oh, that's a great question. That's it. Like, when was it? When do you think that they made that, that transition? Because sometimes it's literally a statement, a change of pace. And for me, I see a lot, shoulders relax. There's so many people that are afraid in my industry of the mortgage process alone. They're just scared that when they finally realize, oh, it is going to be okay. I do qualify. The payment is, it is, it is comfortable. My payment, you are really going to be able to close this in 30 days, whatever. When they finally get their biggest issue, they go, ah, then I realize that, okay, that, that was when the shift really probably happened. And so, but if you just ask, I'm glad you covered that because my next question was going to be, is this a physical shift we're looking for? Or are you both. looking for like Tone some change. kind of, yeah. Sometimes it's a, they like, they just, all of a sudden it changes from they're the, in the audience to they start driving. Okay. I'm good. Great, Go, yeah. uh, like, like what you did. Okay. I'm good. Where do I sign? Yeah. Right. Like they'll just, and just like, that's the cue loud and clear. They're reaching for their wallet, like shut <laughs> up and just do what they said. Right. <laughs> so I just think it's super important to understand that. And uh, also when you think about this, like, if you're listening and you're not a salesperson, remember that like, this is not just about like literally commission sales. We're talking yeah. about um, kids and, and adults and, and that relationship. And I'll finish with one story and we'll move on. So you you would ask like, what's going on with your daughter? Because my daughter's now going on her second date ever and, and like I'm aging very rapidly. In fact, I think you offered me like uh, hair color to change my graying hair, right? And so I'll tell you how she sold me on her first date. Uh, because I think it's super interesting how she did it. So I, uh, I'm i asleep. And Tuesdays and Thursdays, she usually goes to, and in the springtime anyways, track and field. And after that, she's going off to select volleyball practice. By the time she gets home, she's got homework. So I literally don't see her Tuesday and Thursday. Her, yeah. So I went to sleep. And it's probably like 11 o'clock at night, 1130. And, and I feel some uh, like uh, somebody sit on my feet. So I wake up and I kind of look down. I was like, oh, what's going on? And uh, Aubrey starts, I mean, she's... She's better than me by a long shot, right? <laughs> so I'm just, she starts chatting me up. She's like, I just want to see how your day was. And she asked me like 10 minutes, 15 minutes of questions. And then uh, eventually I'm asking her about how was your day? How was, you know, how are your friends? Who's the bad kid at school? Who's a good kid? Like just trying to get, get caught up. And she says, well, actually one of my good friends is going on a date this weekend. She's uh, I was curious what you thought about that. And I was like, I knew the, per- the kid and I knew the parents, the friends of mine. And so, you know, I didn't but want to overstep. I also overstep. think the idea of one of your friends going on a date is perfectly fine because it has nothing, nothing to, do to do with me. With yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so I was like, you know, listen, look, it's everyone's family is different. If 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 their dad's fine with it, and mom's fine with it, then you know, I guess it's fine. She said, well, I'd be curious what you think because I got asked on a date to, on the same date to go with them on the double date, and I'm like, 
baffled here. Right. Walked I'm, right into it. Right. I, yeah. I was like, <laughs> wow, you are a good closer, dear. Like that was, that was awesome. Uh, and I was quiet for about a minute and a half because when I went to my anger management courses a couple of years ago, uh, what I learned is like, we need to respond, not react. And so I'm sitting there and uh, I'm quiet for about a minute, minute and a half. And she said, dad, did you hear what I said? I said, yes, but you don't want the answer right now. You'd probably want me to sleep. Yeah. I want to think about <laughs> this and respond, not react. And so she left. And the next morning, I started for breakfast. She asked nothing. The next dinner, we, I started dinner. We didn't talk about it. Next, a whole another day goes by. I'm in the, the uh, uh, pantry organizing something or putting something back. Remember, she walks around behind me out of nowhere. She gives me a big hug, doesn't ask anything, walks away, right? And, and it, in like just that quick moment, I finally made the decision. I was like, you know what? Just don't make me regret it. Because right. my heart was yelling, no, she's too young. And do you really I'm think probably, that? I'm, yes. As a dad, yes. My daughter's way too young. She needs to be 40 before she goes on date. Uh, you know, my mother disagrees with that time frame. Um, <laughs> but, but it just is what it is, right? Like my heart's like dying inside. Like my little girl's growing up and I don't like that speed and all that fun stuff. And so, but she gave me a big hug and then she left. Because, you know, if you think about it from a recognizing the buyer shift, like she came in, she gave me a big hug, she closed, <laughs> she got the yes, and she freaking walked away. Like, get away from me. And uh, I just thought that's kind of a, a relevant story. But she was also, she didn't push it when Don't I wasn't push it. ready. Yeah. I was not ready, so she did not close me. Um, I just can't. The only thing I can picture in my head is, like, Christy and the other room, like, <laughs> like doing some coaching. She's like, you ready? You got this. Okay, go in. Go go in. You know what she said? She, all she did, she threw me on the bus. So she said, I'm fine if, if your dad is something like, I'm sure she said something like that. Yeah. But, yeah, 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 yeah. For but sure. anyways, that's, uh, that is the newest and greatest on our side. And I hope this was a great episode for you with Sigmund Sense. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love your comments. You have a funny story. We'd love to hear that as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I want to hear anything about y'all's buyer shift moments or the thing or the sales pitch you've totally botched. I, those are great stories too. Um, but yeah, you can find us, uh, everywhere. So YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon music. That was good. I got through the list. Um, and then email us at sigmundsense at gmail.com for questions, yep. um, or comments or whatever. We're just hoping, hoping this helps. So keep uh, in touch and next time on Sigmund sense. Take care.